Your Story with Melinda Estabrooks, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Listen for new episodes every Monday and subscribe to the podcast at faithstrongtoday.com. Our stories have the power to connect us, to inspire us, and give us courage. On Your Story with Melinda, your story matters. Well, it's great to be back in the studio again, but this time something different has happened to me. Oh yes, I am now a married woman. Check it out. And on the show today, I've actually brought in my husband, Chris. So it's going to be a great and special, special show as we share about our thoughts on being newly married, about blended families, and a whole host of other things. But here's the thing. After seven years after the end of my marriage and announcing my divorce on national TV and through the long journey of healing and recovery, our crazy love story and meeting and courting, that's right, courting, not just dating, and this whole idea of a blended family, Chris and I got married recently and we're excited to see what God has in store for us. And so I brought him into the studio to chat about our hopes as a newly married couple, what it means, like I said, to be a blended family, and how we'll navigate our marriage with Christ as our center and as our foundation. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, the last time you were on, I think we were doing just the radio show, so it's great that it's radio now and the podcast, Mm -hmm. and everybody can now see your gorgeous face and know who you are personally. (laughs) How does that feel? (laughs) You're welcome, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Now, just so that you know, Chris is more of an introvert than I am, so this is really wonderful that you are here with me. So let's just start off, because I know that many of our listeners and viewers want to get to know you and us as we journey, as we're going to journey through our marriage. But Mm -hmm. let's start off with this, very honestly, this idea of getting married again. So here is both of us, our second time round. Were you afraid? Were you excited? What were your thoughts? Because I think many people, as they get married again, get another opportunity to find love, probably have the same feelings we do. But what are your what were your thoughts? Well, it's a mix of everything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's excitement, there's anxiety, there's you know, it's all the busyness of planning a wedding, and yeah, I mean, it's just it all comes at you at once. But what about the actual getting married again, being in another committed relationship? Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, Chris, we've talked about this, you know, as we've journeyed together. A bit of the fear of that when you go into a, a second marriage or relationship. You don't want to bring all the other stuff that you sort of had or did from your past one. Right. I think if you're not careful, that stuff follows you if, you if you don't take care of it. And I think, as I said it in you know in the beginning, you know we went through lots of Christian counseling mm-hmm. and we had a lot of great accountability with community to help us. Yeah. But what were your honest thoughts about I'm going into another relationship? How did you prepare for that mentally, emotionally? Well, there was all the counseling, yeah. like you mentioned. Um, I think the biggest thing is just to trust in the process that Mm -hmm. you've been through, Mm -hmm. to trust that, you know, the change that you feel has happened in you, that it's real and that you will be the person that you believe you can be for the person that you love. So it's sort of like a second opportunity to sort of be the best version of yourself. Sure. Yeah. 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 And, and I think in any case, when it's second time round, I think there there was a sense for both of us to come to the realization that we had to take responsibility, no matter how the relationship ended, mm-hmm. no matter how that happened. We still, though, are 
is it complicit, but we're still <clears throat> responsible for some of the things that happen. And you then, just have to, I think you just have to own your parts. Absolutely, yeah. You know, like, what did I do to contribute to, you know, the, the breakdown of my first marriage? And owning those things. And once you own them, you can identify them and address them and then move on. Yeah. And I think that's the hard part because there's a time where you don't want to own it. Like you want right. to you you blame or be the victim. Yeah. But there comes a point where if you remain in that place and you go into another relationship, it, I think it will haunt you and it will you will end up in that bad cycle again. And we know, I think that we've talked about this too, that we know that the stats are that going into a second marriage, if you don't deal with those issues, that can end too, mm-hmm. right? right? And so you follow yourself. And so you, you've got to deal with those things. Right. But it was fun. I mean, we had a great wedding. And like I said, it's one of the best weddings I've ever attended, <laughs> <laughs> I've ever been at. Yeah. And what a great celebration of sort of our redemptive journey that God, I don't want to say orchestrated, but worked on, worked with us to do, but it took hard work. It was a lot of work. Yeah. What kind of work? Like, you know, talking to people who are thinking about it or are in the midst of getting married and remarried again, what would you say was the hard work? I know you talked about owning it, but what what did you have to do? Because I want to give some people some, some good advice for that. Well, I think once you you know, own your stuff, then it's in the context of a new relationship. It's sort of building new patterns, building new ways of communication, laying new tracks for, you know, how you interact with the person. Mm -hmm. And even though you've addressed your stuff, and even though, you know, you feel like you're moving on, there's still a tendency to go back to what's easy and what's normal, (laughs) right? It's the ongoing work of identifying what you want to do and trying to push away sort of the old habits and building together, you know, new ways of communicating, new ways of being in a relationship with mm-hmm. someone. You know, that says a lot because I think a lot of people just sort of like go in with the emotion. I feel the love. I'm ready. You kind of jump into a relationship, but it takes work and intention. Mm-hmm. If you don't want this to happen over and over and over again, you got to make sure that you choose to change behavioral patterns. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people don't, you know, and I think that's why it took years for us to kind of go, okay, now we're ready. Five years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it took five years for us to finally say, all right, we're ready. No, but that's a good point, right? Because even for, you know, where we're at now, I mean, newsflash, we quarrel. <laughs> yes, we do. There, there are conflicts, but, you know, my tendency in, in the midst of conflict is to, as an introvert, shut down and just go to my quiet place mm-hmm. and not want to address it. But for me, the hard work of, you know, growing has resulted in, well, now I want to talk about things openly. I want to deal with it right in the moment. Mm-hmm. I want, you know, if you and I are having a heated discussion about something. <laughs> Nicely said. Nicely said. Then we will pause and deal with it in that moment. Yeah. You know, and just, yeah, again, it's just pushing that tendency, that old unhealthy tendency away. And I think it's the commitment for each other. I mean, we are we are quite opposite, introvert, extrovert. Mm. Uh, we deal with things differently. We have different, you know, uh, family origins and experiences. Mm-hmm. And so it takes the work to do it. Yeah. I want to go into our vows. I loved our wedding vows. Yes. And I want to walk us through those because I think it's important for those who have been married a long time or just recently 
I think it's it would be great. It'd be actually good to go back to your vows mm-hmm. and and rethink them, relive them, and discuss them with your spouse. Because even after you know, even just a little while, we're looking at our vows again and saying, two, two weeks <laughs> after two weeks, <laughs> are we living these out? But I want to walk us through these because I think this is going to encourage our listeners and viewers about the things that we're learning and what we are hoping to learn through this. So let's start in the very beginning of our wedding vows. We said this, I love you unconditionally and without hesitation. I vow to love you, encourage you, trust you and respect you. Mm -hmm. How do you honestly love someone unconditionally? I feel that as a people in our DNA, there's always conditions attached to things. You do this, then I'll do this. I want you to be perfect and then I'll love you. I want you to look beautiful and always be available to me. Be that trophy wife. Be that Superman husband and then I will. Mm -hmm. So when we said that, what does that mean for us? That we love unconditionally without hesitation. We will love, encourage, trust, and respect one another. What's that going to take? How are we going to do that? We dated for a long time. Yeah. And so the rose-colored glasses came off pretty quick. Like, I know you're not perfect. And you know I'm not perfect. Yes, really. (laughs) Yes. And so knowing, you know, the the other person in an open and honest way, uh, you can can say those words. I I can say to you, I love you unconditionally. You know, I I know your stuff. You know my stuff. Mm -hmm. And... We're able to say that to one another because of that. I think I think only in a context of openness and fully knowing. Like we would say, and when we speak of the way God loves us, we would say, well, God loves us unconditionally. Yeah. God knows us mm-hmm. intimately and knows everything about us. And so the more you know about a person, the more you can say something like, yeah, I, I will love you unconditionally. And it's a choice too, right? It's a, I will choose to do this. I commit to loving you unconditionally. It's beautiful. You're making me a little emotional. But that takes vulnerability and openness because not a lot of people want to be known completely. There are probably couples out there that have lots of secrets. And they're like, if they actually knew that part of me, they might not love me. But there's risk involved in being in a committed relationship. And I think we've learned that, that to be fully known to one another, you've got to risk that you will still be accepted even when the mess comes up. Yeah. And in our imperfection, we're still loved. Mm -hmm. And what a great reflection of how God loves us if we can demonstrate and model that to one another. It's beautiful. The second part of our vows were this. With God's help and Christ as my example, I promise to live a life of faith that loves boldly with kindness and humility. Let's talk about this because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, that don't have Christ is their example, God's help. They're like, really? Do you really need to be in relationship with God, Christ, Jesus to keep a marriage strong? And people are like, but look at all the marriages that don't have them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's sure, that's legit. But why did we choose to say, with God's help and Christ is my example, our lives are going to be ones that love boldly with kindness and humility? Why, why did we say that? Well, I mean, for both of us, that was another thing that drew us to one another. Our faith is very important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, my faith in Jesus, your faith in Jesus. I think we lived it out in different paths before we came together. We lived it in very different ways, but both beautiful and special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that is for us as a couple, that's a statement we're making that now as a married couple, we're going to continue to live this life that demonstrates kindness not only to one another, but to people in our community, to people, you know, our friends, our family, obviously, but those who are around us mm-hmm. and are in need. 
But how does God, like for people who had no concept really of Jesus mm-hmm. or God and Christ, how does he impact those decisions? How does he impact that we will live boldly in kindness and humility? Let's talk about that relationship because if some sure. people are like, I have no idea what that context is. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, I mean, for us as Christians, in the particular way that we express our faith, we look to Jesus in the Gospels. We look at what he did, who he hung out with, who he spoke to, how he was with uh, marginalized people of every ilk, how he was with people in the highest positions of power. Uh, Jesus lived a life of service. He lived a life of humility. He lived a life that always pointed back to God. And he did so out of love. So when I say I want to live a life of faith uh, that you know is characterized by kindness and it loves boldly, like I want to live a life with you as my wife that goes into the world that speaks into the darkest, most terrible situations, and we're going to love boldly in those. We're going to be kind when nobody else will be. Like, we're just making this decision to say, mm-hmm. no, we're, this is how we're going to live together as man and wife. And we look to Jesus as our example. Yeah, man and wife. That sounds I know, it's so, like, right? Husband yes. and wife, man, man and wife. Man I know we're still wife. getting used to that. So. <laughs> uh, I think that's beautiful because for so many people, they're like, well, you know, you kind of like model your life off of people or, or not even or people you look up to. But mm-hmm. I think for us, because we believe that Jesus is the best example of how to live and love in this world. Yeah. Not only is he the son of God, not only is we believe that he is the true way and the truth and the way, that's our choice. We believe that to follow him gives us a great compass um, on how to live. And I think that's a beautiful example. And that's why we are Christ followers, yeah. right? That's- and I also want to say, though, that there are, yes, like we're talking about Jesus and following him. And that's super important. But something you said there made me think, like, there are people too, right? Like, mm-hmm. I look at your parents, Paul and Diane, and there are people in my life, friends, people in your life, friends whose marriages, and just how people, how they live their life inspire us. You yeah. know? We have a whole host of people. And also, you know, that that speaks to inform how we are as a couple, right? Yeah, so. I love that. The third part of our vows, we said, was... As a family, we will create a home filled with learning, laughter, and compassion. Obviously, we include those vows because I come into now, we come in to form this blended family. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I become now, we never use the word stepmom. It was like a mentor, but really essentially a stepmom. And so why was it important that we made sure that those were in the vows? Because for some people, they would just sort of say them, and that was sort of a given. But we made sure that... That was in the vow, that we would be committed to creating a home filled with learning, laughter, and compassion. Well, because learning, laughter, and compassion are better than misery, <laughs> destitution. <I don't> know. <laughs> All right, Melinda, so obvious. It sounded good. No, no. <laughs> it sounded We just threw it in about the family thing because we just thought we better. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to say learning, laughter, and love, but there was too much alliteration. I don't know. I think... Learning, laughter, and compassion, because those are awesome things. Like, I, 
I come with two kids. Like mm. I have accessories that come <laughs> with me, and like you mean like shoes? No, 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 like better than shoes. Better, yeah. Okay. I, I meant more like access accessories in in life, you okay. know. And you know, it's been really awesome to be together with you and learn kind of how to do the parenting thing in this new context. Yeah. And we're building a family too, right? That's. And so those are the sorts of values, the laughter, learning, and compassion, compassion <laughs> um, that we want to live in. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, those are the kinds of kids that we want to raise. Mm. Wow. You know? Yeah. And that's the kind of home that I want to provide or we want to provide as parents. And And I would say, too, that, you know, for so many people, people I've talked to that have are beginning or are in blended families, it can be very tough. Mm-hmm. It can be extremely hard because, I mean, I don't have kids coming into this relationship, but there are friends of ours who who have. And yeah. to navigate that and to work on that and and the feelings, and I mean, there's so many layered issues. And yet from just the experience we've had, there has to be a commitment from both parents and adults to say, we're committed to creating this home. And we're going to love these kids unconditionally and do our best uh, to show them the love of Christ, to help them grow, to become uh, wonderful adults. And even so, when they mess up and it doesn't work out, we'll still love them. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's important in blended families to step back and maybe even take a date and say, let's you know further our commitment and remind ourselves that as we have blended families, uh, that we need to work very hard on working with our children and committing to making our home a safe and loving environment. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it, but uh, to piggyback off of that, too, there's, there was a part where we are going to talk about, you know, the challenges. Yeah. And that, that can be and will be at times a challenge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's a, you know, I've heard it said there's like this sort of hierarchical way that people talk about love and you know for people who are you know in ministry they say you know love god commitment to ministry and then commitment to your wife you know there's this hierarchical thing or there's you know commitment to god commitment to ministry commitment to wife commitment to kids and i'm like okay those might be helpful lenses for you to interpret how to do this thing but the reality is is that you know, it's complicated and there's no hierarchical list that you can just apply to it to make it simple. Mm. It's not going to work. So it's going to be, there are times when my, like, I love you, I love my children, and I love God. And there are times when my attention is going to be more drawn to you because it's situational. And there are time, times when our attention as a couple will be more drawn to the kids. And that, then there will be times when, you know, we're in worship together or we're in prayer together. And you know what I mean? Like, my love for all of those things in my life is constant. Mm-hmm. But it's where my attention goes. Um, you know, and I think we have to not feel guilty about saying, you know what, like, at, you know, for folks who are getting into a blended family, you know, if you're coming into a new relationship and you're bringing kids into that relationship, you need to feel safe enough within the relationship to say to your partner, like, look, this is going on with the kids and we really need to focus on this right now, you know? And then there will be times when, you know, you will say to your partner, you know, this, I'm, 
this is you. This is all you. This is all your time. Everything I have right now is yours. Yeah. You know, and I don't think we need to feel guilty about, you know, shifting our attention because our love never moves. Mm-hmm. It's just where our attention is in That's that good. moment. That's good. That's so. good, Chris. Whew, you are so smart, my husband. I just wanted to say husband again because I'm getting used to it. <laughs> All right. Next in our vows, we said, I promise to work with you to foster and cherish a relationship of equality, knowing that together we will build a life far better than either of us could imagine alone. Mm-hmm. I love that we added equality in there. Yes. Why was that important for us to say that, that we said we're going to work hard to foster and cherish a relationship of equality and knowing together we will build a life far better than either of us could imagine alone? Let me just preface this by saying, though, as single people who are listening and watching, we, are, we also affirm that you can have a full and vibrant, strong life as a single person. True. But, however, in the context of community, you can't be alone and be an island unto yourself you have to be that within the context of community. And, but yet we have many friends who are singles, who are strong, who are living these lives that are incredible. Yeah. And so we don't want to say that, you know, you're not complete without somebody, a partner and being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. But in our vows, we because we're together, we, we did say that knowing that together we'll build a life far better than either of us could imagine alone. And that was in our context. So I just want to make sure because we love our single friends. And we know the challenges and the angst and heartaches that they have. And yet they, a lot of our friends have, have put themselves into communities so that they can be loved and they can foster wonderful relationships there too. Mm-hmm. But let's talk back to equality. <clears throat> Why did we say equality? Most times that's not said in a vow, but no. we were very, very intentional about saying equality. I think primarily uh, because, you know, I don't want to be the only one taking the garbage out. I want to. Sh- we can equally share that responsibility. Wow, really? That's that's the that's how Super deep, deep that went. Wow, Chris. No, didn't know that when I was saying my vow. <laughs> that when I said we're going to foster equality, I'd be taking the garbage out. No, but that's fair. I can take the garbage out unless it's super heavy and sometimes it's difficult. Truth. But yeah, what, why jokes. was that important? Because in some vows we read over online, um, we, we had to not say those things because we did not agree well, with the those very, yeah, theologically and it was opposite of, of who we are. But why did we say that equality was important? Well, because it is important to yes. us. I mean, we stand side by side and we can acknowledge in each other. Like I will readily acknowledge that there are things that you can do that I cannot do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, radio, media, that's speaking, public speaking. That's your thing. Mm-hmm. And you're awesome at it. And Thanks. no problem. And then, you know, there are things that I can do that you can't do. Yeah, like, like writing amazing papers. I was going to say, like, reaching stuff on the top shelf. But anyway. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just like that. Yep. Um, okay, so reaching stuff on the top shelf. Um, <laughs> Writing great theological papers, you are so smart. You can, you can do so many things that yes, I can't do. So I think equality meaning really well, a partnership. Yeah, it's, of, par- it's a partnership, right. right? Like, and one of the things that we said in there was that together we can build a life that's better than anything that we could imagine on our own. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Like we talked earlier about the differences between you and me. You are a extrovert. I am an introvert. But you bring things out in me that I can't bring out of myself. And there are times when, you know, in your extrovert ways that you, you know, maybe need to 
come down a little bit sure. and I will remind you, you know, to yeah. okay, come and have some quiet time, right? Yeah. So that's the equality thing, you know, encompasses so many things, but it's you know, we we together will shape the vision of our home. It's not going to come from, you know, just me saying, well, this is how it's going to be, or you saying, you know, this is how it's going to be. It's together we will talk and we will we will build that vision together. Yeah. And I think that's important to see that kind of equality as we model that to Nathan and Sophie. Absolutely. Because I think for young kids, they need to know that, Nathan and Sophie are equal. Yes. And they may have different abilities and different temperaments, different gender. But that means for us as new parents, we want to model that, yes, Sophie, mm-hmm. uh, we will support you in all that you want to do. Yeah, especially and for your, Sophie, Yeah, too. especially as yeah. a girl. I and, and again, you know, I've, I've said this over the show, the struggle I had as a young woman um, to for work and to have equality in society. Mm-hmm. And so I want Sophie to be empowered and encouraged for that too. Yep. Just to finish up, because we have a little bit more time here, the final part of our vow is this. Today I choose you to be my husband and you, me, I, to be your wife. I chose you to be my wife. Yeah. I accept you as you are and I offer myself in return. I will care for you, stand beside you, and share with you all of life's adversities and all of its joys from this day forward and all the days of my life. Mm-hmm. That sounds big. Yeah. That's huge. And I don't know. I mean, sometimes I'm like, whoa, that's that's a big commitment. Mm-hmm. How do you think, and some of our final thoughts, how are we going to ensure that we really commit to this, Chris? And maybe that's good that we're saying it right on podcasts and radio. No uh, pressure. <laughs> but let, let's talk about this in, in the last few minutes we have on the show. How are we going to commit to this? Because that's, that's big that... I'm going to accept you as you are and offer myself. I'll care for you, stand with you, share with you all its joys from this day forward, all the days of my life. And we did not take that lightly. No. Like, I think I was shaking because he realized the gravity of those words. (laughs) How are we going to commit to that? I think there's a few things that we should mention before we go. Sure. Well, I mean, first off, I'll say that, you know, people don't say that kind of stuff. I mean, (laughs) I mean... Commitment levels to anything are kind of wishy-washy these days, myself included. Like, hey, do you want to go grab a coffee tomorrow? Uh, I'll see. Yeah. You know, but that's small stuff. But we're talking about a big relationship, high-level commitment. Mm -hmm. And it's everything. It's like really what we're saying is I'm going to stand by you through whatever happens, all of it, whatever life throws our way, whatever blessings God pours out upon us, whatever... Adversities. Adversities come our way. I will be there. And so it's big, big statement. And again, it comes back to that point of uh, choice and yeah. being intentional. Because the whole of our vows sort of builds to that, right? It's like we acknowledge that we are going to do, um, you know, love a certain way. So there will be, you know, that's our faith component involved. There's our community component mm-hmm. involved. There's our family component involved. And then all of that sort of funnels down to, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so the pressure of it, you know, in the moment, as you say, it might seem overwhelming. But behind it all, there's this sense of, you know, but I'm doing this with the support of my family who loves me. Yeah. I'm doing this with the support of my community, our community, who mm-hmm. loves us. And we do this in the context of uh, being children of a loving God who wants us to succeed and gives us every resource mm-hmm. 
to succeed, and all he asks in return is just to lean back on him. Yeah, and I think as our last shout-out for the show, we are so, I'm going to get emotional, we are so thankful to God. Mm. Because I think over and over we said this, we said this at our wedding, our love story is God's redemptive story for us. Amen. And when we say redemption, it means a second chance. It means through hard work, faithfulness, a beautiful community, two people finding each other in the craziest way and being open to love again. We're so thankful to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for you. Okay, that was a moment. <laughs> Honey, thanks for being on the show, husband. Mm, love you. I know what we can. Let's give a little kiss. All right. Well, that's all, folks. We've done it, and I am a married woman. Chris, my husband, thanks so much again for being on the show today. Thanks for listening to Your Story with Melinda, an exclusive presentation of faithstrongtoday.com. Listen to past episodes by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and join the conversation with Faith Strong Today on Facebook.